Welcome to the Frau Vies podcast, where we have conversations with Black women in tech from around the world and share their inspirational stories. I'm Naya Moss, your host and CEO of the Frau Vies community. At Frau Vies, our mission is to provide a community and means of support for Black women in tech. Whether you have worked in tech for 30 years or 10 years, a Black woman or an ally, this podcast is truthful, positive, unapologetic, and made just for you. So um, please introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do. Hi, my name is Krista Theodore. I am a cybersecurity analyst with a uh, local hospital system here in South Florida. Um, I got my start in cybersecurity, I'd like to say when I was nine years old, uh, when I asked my parents uh, for that uh, Inspire on laptop and with all these RAM requirements, and they looked at me like a deer in headlights and said, "Uh uh-oh, we have a problem, right? Uh, So that's why I like to start. But my professional career started in 2013 um, when I got started with the university. Um, And so a little bit about my professional background, uh, I wanted originally to start as a business analyst. I really felt like it was important to have someone who spoke both tech and both business, because we often find that that's where a lot of roadblocks occur, where it's like, hey, I know this is a good idea. I knew this is a good idea. I just don't know how to communicate that. Um, but I won a full scholarship, and I can tell you a story uh, about that. That's actually one of my favorite stories. Um, but I was offered the opportunity to go to school full scholarship and I knew what the power of the investment that was given to me. Um, so I took a security class as an elective and I wanted to switch my major right then and there. I was like, I'm leaving <laughs> that business analyst life, cybersecurity. Wow. And then my, uh, my advisor knowing exactly, you know, I built a really great uh, rapport with her and she goes, you know what? You should do both. It's like, are you crazy? How am I going <laughs> to do both of those? And she's like, you won't understand it now, um, but you'll understand why I'm encouraging you to do it later. Um, and so that taught me how that security itself needs articulated people, people who are passionate about the field as well, to also translate security to business. Um, mm-hmm. That's why we're seeing such a huge emergence in BISOs, you know, business information and security officers, because that need is necessary. It's not only to say, hey, we need to, you know, do this change because there's vulnerabilities, but also take into account, okay, system downtime, business downtime, what are some other things that need to get done? Um, and so when I started my career, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I got into security risk management. I was an engineer for the um, University of Miami, uh, where I was doing part of the information security office. But as many people realize very early on after your first job, you realize it's probably not really what you want to do right now. Like I had, I was doing a lot of great work, but I wanted to get my hands dirty. I wanted to break things. And so I've made this lateral move to my job now where I am responsible for network access control, um, the proxies. Um, I'm, you know, supporting the firewall. So doing a lot of hands-on technical stuff and hopefully taking the best of those both worlds and creating a path for myself, you know, five, 10 years from now. Wow. Like, okay. I wish everyone could see my face because I'm in awe right now. Like what? Is this okay? pretty awesome. Also like kudos to your advisor for being so smart and telling you that because she definitely put you on the right path. Because everything that you said is so true. Like in in tech, especially, we need people that are both uh, competent, intelligent, and can uh, you know like relay uh, the message to the business end. Um, So that's pretty cool. Um, Okay, right. So, but we can get into that later. So, (laughs) what was your first interaction with tech, and how did it make you feel? Um, so I feel, well, my mom, so to give you a little background, my parents are Haitian. Um, so, uh, in the Haitian culture, there's like four jobs that your parents know that you're awesome at is uh-huh. either being a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, or a lawyer, or if you're a man, an engineer, right? 
Um, so when I, like my parents, my mom's a doctor, right? And so my dad's an engineer. Uh, and so one of those two careers was going to end up being my thing. And I realized early on, I don't do well with blood. I am not, I don't, me being a doctor was not going to be that great for me. Um, so engineering, you know, I realized that that was going to be a part of my life, but I just didn't, not the traditional engineering my dad um, was doing. He, he owns a laundromat. Um, so when I, Christmas Eve comes around, I, everyone who is born around the same time knows that the number one toy around when we were kids was the my size Barbie. <laughs> and it was like the Barbie doll that was exactly your height. And it was supposed to be like your pretend friend, you know, looking back on it, it's probably pretty creepy that we all wanted a toy that was exactly like us. But in any case. <laughs> Um, that was a toy. That was a thing. So my parents were convinced like, okay, this is, this Christmas is going to be the best Christmas because she, we already know what she wants. We got this toy before it sold out. And I want to say like three months before Christmas, I, um, met my neighbor who was doing like local help desk stuff, but he had a laptop that could burn DVDs. And I was just like, Oh my God. I thought you had to go to a factory to get DVDs. This is so cool. You know, and I'm like a kid. I'm like 78 years old. And I tell my parents, this is what I want. He starts teaching me about RAM. He teaches teaching me about memory. And I come back with all these specs. And they're just like, do you know how much this is? I'm like, I promise I won't ask for anything. You know, the typical kid promise. I won't ask yeah. you for 10 years if you buy this for me. Um, and so that my mom instantly knew that this was something that she knew I wasn't going to shake. Um, my mom, my mom and I are like best friends. Like I'm the only, ch- her only child. So her and I are one and one. And so she figured, she's like, she's not going to let this go. She's not going to let this go. <laughs> so, uh, she buys me the laptop and I swear I probably never looked up from that screen for about a year after that. Um, and then, but my mom knew like stuff like this. Um, she was very involved in my educational background. I, I, I really credit her for a lot of my success not like 80% of my success because she realized like, okay, if a child shows an interest in something, we, we have to be able to encourage that. Right. Um, so at this, at my middle school, she realized that they had a future business leaders of America club. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, you know what? I need you to go sign up for this club, do something right. There's technology in it. Get yourself involved. I did. And they had a web design competition that nobody signed up for. Right. Um, and to give you further context, I went to a middle school that was in the inner city because in South Florida, and I'm sure a lot of places, the magnet programs are typically in the underserved neighborhoods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all the kids that were in the club were like, I'm not doing those thinking web design. You know, I'm going to go into the public speaking and other stuff like that. I said, OK, well, I don't really do well with being in front of people and publicly speaking. <laughs> So I'll do the web design stuff and go from there. I ended up winning every year for the state of Florida for every year I was in middle school and every year I was in high school. What yeah. In the, are you kidding me? Seriously? Yeah. And it, it honestly, it was, I'm not going to say my stuff wasn't good, but there really wasn't anybody else in my category, in my area who was doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the reason why, you know, Cause by the time I got to like the next step, so like there's future business related, like the state championships and then you go to nationals, I got invited to nationals, but then you're like with these other kids who are coming out of Silicon Valley, who are, who are doing this, like they were doing this when they were in diapers. And so I'm like, my project's good, but I need to challenge, I need to be challenged by kids of this, you know, caliber. Right. Cause that's only going to push me to be even better. Um, so that's what I did. But I realized that web design with the emergence of stuff like Wix or um, stuff Mm -hmm. like uh, WordPress, I realized that just being a web designer, um, like in the way that I wanted to be, wasn't going to be a a profitable career for me or or give me where I wanted to go. Um, Especially since like all of my neighbors were like, oh, I'm not going to pay you for this to build a web design when I could just go get a subscription and this and then just put this on a site, right? Um, so yeah, you know, and, and, and they don't realize that the industry has definitely changed. Right. Um, but I realized that that wasn't going to change. And so I try, I decided to do internships early on in college and that kind of paved the path of immediately presenting me with what I didn't want to do for the next six years of my life and then narrowing it down to what I want to do now. Wow. Okay. So 
I mean, there's no reason for me to ask you, uh, why did you choose to work in tech? Cause it's more than obvious. <laughs> um, it's I like, I'm, I, I, I'm actually kind of speechless because I, I see like we have so much in common actually, uh, as, as, as to how we both, uh, kind of got started in tech, how like you from very young had influence, um, from family, friends, um, and, and then like you went on and, and did you mention earlier that you went to college and you yes. got a full scholarship? So, um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Please talk more about that. <laughs> so that's actually the best story I tell people when they meet me. Cause, um, I, I'm, I'm really big about, uh, no has never killed anyone. The word no, um, at least I'm aware of, I haven't been aware of the word no actually killing anyone. Um, but I have no problem with people telling me deny, 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 because I know after the 20th, no, I'm going to eventually get a yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I was in high school, my, I told my mom, I was going to Penn state university. That was the school I was going to go to. There was no denying where I was going to go to that school is sponsored by the NSA. Um, most of the professors are professors of practice, meaning people who were taking sabbaticals who were currently still working in the industry, who were teaching about up-to-date stuff. And I was like, look, I, I, I want an education that's realistic. I don't want a book, you know, because a lot of times we get these books and they're great foundation, but they're not reflective of what's actually currently happening in the industry. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, I was like, lady, you're crazy. If you think you're going to prevent me from going to the school. And she goes, "Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. That's what you think. Right. So I get a letter from Penn State and you know you got into a school because the letter's like this big. It's like a thick packet. Um, and I go to my grandma. I'm like, grandma, I got in. My grandma's like 85, jumping up and down. Yeah, she got into her dream school and we're crying. And my mom walks in and she looks to the left and she puts this mean face on. She goes, I don't know why you guys are celebrating. She's not going, right? Um, and then again, but to give context, the, my mom had paid for Florida prepaid college. So I already had education. So in her mind, she's like, look, I know a lot of, of students, especially students of color get, you know, they get pushed to the side a lot, especially when it comes to loans. Um, and so she was yeah. like, I don't want you to get trapped into this hole before you even got started. Right. And, and so it had nothing to do with the school itself. It was more with the financial support. And the second thing is, I, and I'm very honest about this. I have a chronic um, disorder. Um, so my health hasn't always been very good, you know? Uh, so with her, it was also like, Hey, you're going to go to another state. Like, you know, the state of healthcare in this country is, you know, a whole different conversation in itself. Um, so just be mindful of that. I took all she said. It went into one ear and out the other. I was like, yes, lady, great story. But again, I'm still going to the school, right? Uh, so yeah. the story behind this is that the school itself has a weekend for particularly children of color, right? Mm-hmm. It's called Achievers Weekend. And they target children of color who would traditionally either not come to that school or would not even consider college. And they let you spend campus, spend time on the campus for the weekend, Mm-hmm. Just as an average student, like you get paired with an actual college student, you share the dorm and you live as they do for the weekend. Well, my mom was like, okay, you know, I, we'll think about it. I didn't even wait to think about it. I got on a plane, right? I told my parents that I was staying at a friend's house, went to, you know, Penn State for the weekend. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, definitely could have gotten in a lot more trouble than I did. So when I got there, I knew my goal was, look, I, I took a huge risk. I need a huge reward. So while I was there, while all the, you know, and I know a lot of people were really focused on the college environment. So they did a lot of visiting, you know, the local like classrooms and stuff. I was like, no, I got three days to get a scholarship out of this place. I need to go get it. I knocked on every single door. Hey, my name is Krista. Gave them that five minute elevator you know, pitch, Hey, I know you don't know me, but I'm a great investment. No, no, no. Every single time. So finally, um, like at the end of the day, I am going to be honest. I did feel pretty bad about myself. I was like, Hey, I came here. I can't even get someone to tell me, Hey, send me an email or something like that. Right. And, um, my parents always taught me to speak to people with respect, right. And no matter who you are, you know, my dad came into this country. He didn't even, you know, he didn't have his papers at the time. He didn't even have, um, 
he didn't have money. He didn't have a formal education. And so my dad is the living example of, of bringing yourself up out of the bottom level. And so I'm speaking to this lady and I'm thinking she's a receptionist, but I'm, you know, just talking to her normally. And she's just asking, you know, the same way we're speaking now how, uh, about myself. And I told her about my mission to get here. And she goes, oh, well, you know, maybe I can take your information and maybe I can talk to someone on your behalf. Turns out that the lady wasn't even really a receptionist. She was covering for the receptionist. She's actually the leader, the person, the coordinator for the scholarship for this College of Information Sciences Technology. And when I got home, I had a letter that said I had a full ride covered from Penn State. And so the good news is my mom finally let me go. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a second. Wait, let's <laughs> pause right there. Okay, so <laughs> you went to the college without talking to your parents. I guess you must have been like 17, 18, if you don't mind yeah. me asking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> very courageous, very brave. Uh, so you went from Florida to mm-hmm. Pennsylvania central pennsylvania mind you there's no airport there so i had to take a uh, flight to new york or you have to take a flight to philly and there's a small regional airport in state college but it's one of those like the ticket's like four thousand dollars so yeah (laughs) yeah wow okay so then you ended up here and you were uh very ambitious in a good way and you went and you seeked people to find your way in and then you met this woman and you told her your story and you got a full scholarship to Penn State just for right. telling her your story. Right. Because um, I, I tell people, and this is, you know, for the listeners out there, um, it's really hard for people to get to know you off of a piece of paper. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and you can see that, you know, uh, ChrisTheodore.com, shameless plug. Um, it's, it's all about branding. It's all about, okay, how can I use this amount of space to present myself? And even then it's not enough. Sometimes you have to meet that person, uh, send an email. Um, one of the popular things that a lot of students these days are doing are sending video admissions to colleges now, because it's so important to show people who you truly are. And then a few sentences about some internship that you did a couple years ago, isn't really reflective of that. Um, and so just, I just told her about how passionate I was. Um, and the other thing people have to be mindful is a scholarship is a great thing, but a scholarship at the end of the day is an investment, um, for the university. They think that if they put in enough money into you, that you will come out, you know, like a Phoenix coming out into the fire mm-hmm. and then you'll be a, a Titan in the industry. And then you'll come back and reinvest in the university as well. And so they have to see that you're a good investment, a good vessel to put that investment in. And so it's all about how you present yourself to do that yeah wow okay your your story about college i'm 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 mind blown um by by everything like about you so far um and like i mentioned earlier like i see so many things about us that are in common and that makes me think so i get this question all the time like where did uh, where did i get my confidence um you know how did i become so ambitious how did i get to where i am um and just be this, this person who like sought things. And I can see you're like that, but even better. Um, so, <laughs> like just to hear just like how you, you got into tech because you like, you didn't, you, like you didn't have to choose to, you, you could have, you know, had a little bit of interest, but then maybe gotten older and followed what your parents' dreams were. Um, obviously your mom, and I actually had the same uh, exact response with my mom as well. It was simply because like, it, it wasn't common for women to get into this field. And she was just very like nervous about where it would lead me just, just out of care. Not because like she didn't want to be malicious, but just right. like, you know, like your mom, she was just being caring. And it was something that is, it's new to her to our culture as black people probably i mean yes it's been women that have been in tech for years but it's it's not that common uh as it is becoming um so where did you get your confidence and your drive and your your ambition to be this person that you know you just kind of go for it when when it comes to technology and, and even networking and learning um i would say uh so i would say uh 
20% of that started with me crying with my own bo- personal box of tissues, <laughs> so to speak. Like mm-hmm. I, I tell people all the time, it's okay to cry, like get it out, like get it out. But when you're done crying, right, you need to go ahead and pick yourself back off, you know, clean your face off and then go do it. Um, I think I want to say, to be honest, a lot of it has to do with my health. Um, and also my upbringing, like my, my parents eventually divorced. Um, and my mom became the single parent in the household. So funds were very limited. So I think a lot of my drive was like, I just didn't have the opportunity to fail. Like failure just wasn't an option. Like if I didn't go to school and make a job, like I can pay for the medical bills to take care of myself. I can take care of my family. There wouldn't be a house on my head. So that that's the primary drive. And then I just kind of flipped that to say, okay, now that I'm getting into a comfortable space, how can I use that, that kind of ambition, that, that drive into elsewhere. Um, and, uh, and, and, I would be honest as well. I've had a lot of doors open to me. I know that the culture is against clout chasers. Like that's the new thing. I have no problem being a clout chaser, you know, in, in the positive way. Like I'm not trying to bring one down, but Hey, I'm Krista. You have a goal. I have a goal. Let's work together to get that goal. And then we can both move up. Um, and so, uh, so I've had a lot of people, um, actually when I got to Penn state, I actually, um, there were only three girls in my course. Um, and I think one of my classes was like a hundred people. So just to give you a clear uh, ratio of what that looks like <laughs> in that. And, um, when I got there, I got put, we got put into groups because a lot of it programs will show you that a lot of it is group based work just because it's representative of how you're going to work in the actual industry. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got there, I had guys go to the professor and tell them they didn't want me in their group because I was a girl and they felt like that was a disadvantage to their group. Right. Um, and I, I was blown. I was like, this is my first semester here. And I wanted to quit. Like I really wanted to quit. I was like, I don't want to be in an industry where, you know, and not that necessarily I was soft skinned, but like, that was just my first like culture shock. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey girl, this is not a joke. Like this is really how it is. And, um, luckily one of the other uh, scholarships that I had won, um, they had you know women who were seasoned in the field and she calls me and she goes if you leave this opportunity you're gonna regret this you just need to suck it up you know she gave me a harsh you know give me that tough love Mm -hmm. and um I went back and I did it and that actually helped create uh so the organization that gave me the scholarship is IT Women it's a very dear organization for me um and you know including the scholarships and the other incentives that they gave me we use that opportunity that I was facing to create something called a virtual mentors program. Right. Um, so while being in the same city with a particular professional is very difficult to find, we're all technology can make us all connected virtually, right. You and I are speaking, we're in totally different continents at this point. Right. Yes. (laughs) Um, and so when we created that virtual mentors program, allowed her to check up on me and have these, these monthly checkups, say, how are you doing? What are some things I can help you with internships? That's what you got to do. Boom. Let me help you and stay connected. And so now we have that program established within the organization to help other girls. Like that's already part of the incentive package. Like, Hey, you're going to come in, you're already going to get up with a mentor. Um, now we're doing it. What we're doing now is taking a step forward, right? Because, um, I myself was a scholarship winner. Um, there's a lot of organizations that we see are targeting high school girls to help them bring them into the industry. Right. And we have a lot of professional organizations that are catered to seasoned women in the industry, but what, ha- what about people like myself who are not quite the titan in the industry yet? I'm not, you know, part of this executive group of women, but I'm also not the girl that's in high school. And so I am seeing that there's a huge drop in, you know, that sort of mentorship occurring yeah. for women who are, you know, still, still pretty junior in the game. Um, and so with that, we're now creating the... Uh, the alumni program for that, you know, the girls that we gave the scholarships, letting them know, Hey, the train doesn't just stop here. Now we're going to help you now, you know, is what's the next job? What's the next career? How, what does the career path look like? And take them from there. So very, you know, trying to keep women into the field um, and, and going from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so um, this, is this program part of your college or is this the, um, what, what, like what's the, the, the background of it? 
Um, so IT Women uh, is a nonprofit organization that's serving the uh, South Florida area. So anywhere from Miami-Dade um, all the way up to Palm Beach. Um, and it's really just a program that got started um, to help girls in our local community. And it's blossoms. Um, we, we've raised so much money um, for girls uh, just trying to support them. Also creating robotics camps. Um, you know, trying to, like I said, Miami, um, isn't Miami, isn't the area yet of where it could be in terms of being a tech city. Mm -hmm. Um, it's primarily tourism driven, which is absolutely understandable considering the location we are in. Um, but we have a lot of major companies down here. We have a spirit airlines headquartered here. Royal Caribbean is headquartered down here. Um, so we, we are getting into the space we are in tech. Um, but we're, this organization is based off partnering with those companies and boosting not only their brands in the local area in terms of the technology, also helping these girls get internships. I mean, my first internship was with Royal Caribbean and that helped kind of skyrocket my career. So, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I actually did see that on your, uh, on your LinkedIn. I was trying to figure out what the, the connection was. So that's, um, that's pretty cool. And are you, are you helping to run it or, um, are you doing volunteer work? Um, did you start it? Uh, yeah. So I actually, um, I didn't start it. I, like I said, I was a scholarship winner for the organization, yeah, you did say that, um, sorry. but <laughs> no worries. Uh, but I, I, I'm all about pay it forward. Right. Yeah. And so I, once I saw like, Hey, I graduated, I came back to them. And I was like, Hey, how can I help? Like, do I need to tell my story a thousand times to get more donors? I will tell my story a thousand more times to help another girl. Right. Great, um, yeah. So they actually uh, nominated me to join the board. So I'm also, I'm on the board of the organization right now. Um, wow, so that, um, but primarily my role right now is part of the role model speakers program, um, where they partner with local schools to actually get women in the field to talk to these classrooms. Right. Um, oh, and so since I'm one of the, you know, younger people, um, in the organization, it helps create a, a, a connection. Cause they're like, Hey, mm-hmm. she's not that much older than I am, yeah. um, but she's out here doing that. And then she looks like me and, you know, she's, you know, she's awkward just like I am. Right. <laughs> um, she can do it. I definitely can do it. And I, that's what I want to, I want to show people. I don't want to make it seem like it's this overly, you know, ambitious jump to, to get to where you need to be. I want to show them, Hey, these are the steps I took, whether it works for you or not, but here you go. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. And I'm actually really great and I'm not great, but I'm really happy and proud that you are sharing your, your, your story in this way, because I'm pretty sure um, that you're making a huge impact in your, in your area. Um, as far as school goes and um, as far as like learning the skills that you needed to learn to make it to where you are now, because I'm, I'm like, I mean, you seem very proficient in the way that uh, you, you speak about tech. Um, how did you get this point was it a combination of like college self-learning and uh maybe uh taking an online course or like a massive online open course um or was it a combination how did you get to this point um so i i would say like a lot of it had to do primarily obviously with i did my undergraduate degree um i uh dual masters so i'm a dual bachelor's excuse me so the first one uh, information sciences technology and the other one security and risk analysis so a huge part of that foundationally but like i said schoolwork can only give you the foundations of stuff it does not prepare you in my opinion it doesn't prepare you for what real life is like Mm -hmm. um although penn state did a great job in like i said bringing people who are currently in the industry a lot of uh i had classes that didn't even have textbooks they wanted you to do exactly what was happening um but still like it's it's still like you walk into this this corporate world and you're there's no way to adequately prepare you for that right you just kind of have to take a deep breath and take the run um so uh, the other huge part of my uh, uh, my i would say my professional upbringing has to do with experience um i know that that's kind of a double-edged sword, especially now there's this huge statistic with cybersecurity that, you know, by 2020, 33% of the jobs won't be filled. Um, but then on the flip side, a lot of those jobs require experience. And then a lot of these kids coming out of schools don't necessarily necessarily have that experience. Mm-hmm. So I definitely say cheat the system, you know, double yeah. system, and do internships. Um, that's the way that I was able to show like, Hey, um, I don't necessarily had a job. I don't have a job, but while I was in school, I, instead of 
taking my summers to Tijuana. I took my summers to the local corporate office and I was config spinning up servers and I was, you know, implementing RSA tokens. That was what I was doing with my summer. Um, but even then I, I, I truly, um, encourage people to go to your local flea market, get yourself a laptop that someone threw away mm-hmm. or, you know, if you have a laptop, virtual box is free, spin up a, a, yep. a, a VM just get your hands dirty. A lot of the time, a lot of things I know for, are from honestly, oh my God, I just broke it. Let me Google how to fix this. And yeah. now, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what, what I did wrong. And now the next time I won't approach it from that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, Cyberary is like the, the free tool based uh, online that you can do online training. Um, I would be remiss if I did not thank SANS. Uh, SANS is an amazing resource uh, for security training. Their courses are, like I said, on demand. Uh, they have Live. they have in-person courses. Um, and these people who are developing courses are industry people as well. Um, okay. They're a little bit pricey, but SANS does have, they have these new scholarship programs, these emerging programs for women or also veterans. Um, so that can get you sponsored as well. And they also have work study programs where they will cover a significant portions of uh, the cost of attendance for tuition of that course. Um, so there are options. Like I, I'm all about people's, other people's money, right? You know, there, there's, yeah. there's sponsorship out there and they're, they're looking for professionals. We just have to find hungry people to fill those spots. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, as far as like, um, certifications go, uh, I'm going to assume you, you needed certs to work in your current role. So what, um, certs do you hold and, um, and how'd you get them? Um, so I would say, uh, the one that I see right now, that's a lot on, and this may be representative of my area. So I always tell people, take a look at the area in which you want to work in and look at what's the minimum certs that they're looking for. Um, I know with the department of defense at minimum, you need a security plus, um, that was what was required of my current role. Um, just again, that's the absolute minimum. A lot. I, I see a lot of, uh, universities now are teaching and where you can get your a plus your network plus and your security plus sort of in a bundle um i do encourage uh students who are currently in college hey don't wait to graduate to get those certs a lot of the things you're currently learning right now are, are already the answers to the exam so you can get out of college already cert prepared don't be like me and wait you know forever <laughs> to get it and then wonder why you're not getting hired right yeah um, the other cert that I have is I have a certified security and compliance uh, certification. Uh, like I said, in my former role, I was more of a information security management. So I wanted to know um, more of the regulation based uh, stuff. I'm also um, a payment card industry professional. Um, so working to help organizations um, become PCI compliant. And that's actually how I um, use that to pivot my way into a more technical role. Um, to give you a little feedback about that, uh, in my one of my previous roles, I was told that a woman that my manager didn't think a woman could be technical, mm-hmm. and so I was very pigeon-held in a very compliance GRC framework type of role, which I, I don't have anything against that. That's just not what I wanted to do. Like I told you, I wanted to break things, and you don't get a lot of you know, chance to break things in those roles. Yes. And, um, sorry to, to interrupt. Would you mind explaining what, what a GRC framework is? Um, so it's government re- governance, risk and compliance. Uh, okay. so it's basically taking all of those it, you know, regulations from GLBA to PCI and just looking at, at from an organization standpoint, how they fit and what, in what condition that compliance is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got kind of pigeonholed there. And to be honest, that's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of strategic management of security from a paperwork standpoint, a lot of policy pushing. It's a lot. It's, I consider GRC to be the politics of security. Uh-huh. Like we need to do this, but in order for us to do this, we have to enforce a law and the law has to get drafted by the GRC people. And then we have to work to then get like the CEO or the board or anyone to kind of eat what we're trying to feed them. And then finally the technical people can put the stuff we implement because we already worked the business deal. Right. Yeah. Um, so 
I didn't want to do that anymore, but at least right now, right now. Um, and I didn't want to miss out on an opportunity where I could get more hands-on. So I saw PCI as an opportunity where I was like, look, this is a regulation that is very specific about the type of technologies and security you have to put in place. Right. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, somebody has to do this and no one wants to. So since no one wants to do it, I'll just do both. It's a lot of work, but now I can go to you know my next employer or I can go to my current employer and say, hey, look, I know that you didn't see an opportunity for me to be technical, but look what I've done with something no one wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so that definitely helped pivot me to where I started doing vulnerability management um, at, that, at that organization, right? Mm -hmm. um, because with PCI, someone has to monitor the, the compliance status of those uh, devices, those endpoints. So I started doing that, and that kind of uh, got me to my quality certification. Um, right now, I'm working on a certified incident handler, my GCIH um, certification. Um, I think it's really important uh, for us as security professionals not only to be uh, proactive, but we better be really good at being reactive. Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, Hey, we do these emergency drills, but we don't do them just to do them. Like we need, you know, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen, it's a matter of when, and if you're prepared. So that's what I'm focused on right now. I, I definitely want to start helping organizations. Like I said, I, I don't want to leave security management and, and doing more of the GRC work, but I think I could be more effective if I understand the technical constraints of what happens. And then I can go evangelize to the organization and say, Hey, look, as this person who understands the technical constraints, the regulation constraints and the big business constraint, here is an option of what we can do because being insecure is not an option. It's not an option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. This is a, uh, this is pretty cool. And I, I really hope the, the listeners are learning um, a lot because I, I, I don't think I really hear too many people talk about security on this level. Um, and I think it's even cooler that you're a black woman and you're, <laughs> you know, this, like, you know, you, you saw an, an, an opportunity, um, to learn more about something that like, actually you're right. Um, every company that I've, I've worked at and it's been a group of, uh, myself working in, uh, in information technology and working with, um, security professionals, PCI is the one thing that everyone tries to, yeah. And, and so that's why I'm listening to you. I'm like, wow, you, you actually wanted to tackle that. Okay. That's <laughs> interesting. Um, but also pretty smart because yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that it must be easier for you to get jobs maybe, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely, because not many people are PCIP, so I could like literally have my like I have my like I said I I have my branding out there. Not that I'm looking for new employment, but I just like I'm I, that's my way of putting myself out there and finding ways to connect. I mean, that's how we were able to connect, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so. But believe it or not, I get people every day like, do you know anybody else who's a PCIP? I know you don't want to switch jobs, but we need to find someone else. I'm like, I'm the only person that I'm aware of has one, like, believe it or not, right? Yeah, so, I mean, you're, I think you're the first <laughs> I've actually met. <laughs> <laughs> so right. but it makes yeah. it marketable, right? It makes, like, nobody wants to do it, but when they need that person to actually do it, you'll be the one person who is, like, on fire getting requests for jobs all the time, so. Yeah, um, wow, okay. And, um, <laughs> okay, and I really hope that you're also asking for a lot more money as well when you go to, to jobs or, 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 like, when you get a new role. Um, no, absolutely. Um, I think it's also the, the thing that I want people to also understand is that um, it's also where you live. I know that that's an unfortunate conversation. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And I know earlier we were speaking about how overseas there's a lot more opportunities for women of color. Um, and I would say that that has to do a lot with what's currently our landscape. Like I said, South Florida is already not this huge tech place. It will be. Um, but they, they're not there yet in understanding how important, um, making sure you're getting the talented workforce that you need, um, in the area. Um, but I, I joke around and I say this very lightheartedly, so I hope I don't okay. offend anyone, but I say that if you want things to start working or having people understand what security is like, have them simulate a breach, like simulate a breach, yeah. like mm -hmm. go, or even if you don't even simulate a breach, but like go through a, um, a 
whole analysis of a breach of another organization that's your size, your area, and show them the financial impact. Because like I said, a lot of the times in security, we throw a lot of, oh, well, we can't have this vulnerability because, you know, uh, this could happen. These systems could be down, but they don't understand. Okay, well, these systems down, they'll just spin them back up and then we'll be fine. No, you need to tell them we're going to have $10 million in downtime. Yeah. It's going to take this much money to get back up. Right. And so that's what we need in security. We need more people to be like, Hey, look, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And that's, what's going to get people to do that. But unfortunately, if you live in an area that hasn't drank that Kool-Aid, so to speak, right. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I totally, I believe you're not going to get that payout that you're looking for, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no. And and you know what? You actually mentioned something really great um, because I'm just going to be honest about my experience. I I worked a job once where I was doing cloud infrastructure. It ended up being a hybrid role of like too many different things, actually. It wasn't even right. Um, And one of the things I I ended up doing was security. Um, and just being, again, like being honest, um, I, I didn't do it because I wanted more money, but I did it because like, technically speaking, I was the only tech person at that moment. And if anything went wrong, I didn't want for them to say, well, like, Oh, how come Naya didn't, you know, find this out? And like, how come Naya didn't look into this, even though security was not my job at all. But, um, but you know, I held the keys to a lot. I held the keys to Azure, to, um, to, uh, AWS. Um, and I had gotten to a point where I realized like, wait, like the skills that I'm uh, cultivating are actually really important. And this is a whole nother job. Um, and so I like show them all the threats and I showed them the cost of what will happen if, 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 if things go wrong. Um, and I, I, at that moment did not get what I, I want. Cause I actually eventually asked for more money. Cause I was like, this is a whole like another role, right? <laughs> it's a whole nother role. Like I, like I'm spending my, my weekends, um, learning, uh, I, like I actually also use, um, uh, cyber IT as well, um, to do some learning on that end. And yeah. And so at first I, I didn't get, more the way I had asked for, but eventually it did um, work out uh, once they had like realized the impact of what I, I was doing. I actually did, but I, I really do think you made a good point. It's like, I think, and, and like not even maybe so much location, but I think companies don't realize the seriousness of security until something happens. And right. then when something happens, you know, then they're like, oh, we should worry about this. Um, but you made a good point to like show them what can happen um, and like sh- like lay out for them in, in money terms um, what will happen if you do not, you know, comply with X, Y, and Z or, uh, or protect yourself against certain things. Um, so that's uh, really great advice. And thank you for saying that as well. Um, because I think if there's anyone that's interested in getting into security or OPCI, that's um, a really good uh, point. Um, okay. I, I, I want to know like what <laughs> you in tech, because you're doing some hard stuff and I know you must get some pushback from uh colleagues, men, um, at some point in your career, whether it was now or, or previously, um, what keeps you going in, in tech? Um, for, for, I, mean, I, I know that my health, I, I keep saying that that's my answer, but that's like really the motivator for everything. Um, my, my favorite statistic that I, I like to tell people, and I won't give people the answer. I'm going to let our listeners Google this, right? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but a little trivia goes, go look at how much your social is worth on the black market. And go look at how much your medical record is worth on the black market. Um, your medical work record is light years more expensive, uh, profitable, uh, rather, on the black market. And the reason why is, is you know, you hear stories all the time of, uh, like, this one lady, she, um, unfortunately, she was diagnosed with cancer, and her identity was taken, and, and a woman who was having a high-risk pregnancy had maxed out all her health benefits. And, uh, unfortunately, the woman with cancer, she passed away 
um, before she even had enough time to fight the fraudulent charge to get the treatment. Like she didn't have money to get treated because her medical um, benefits had been maxed out. We also have to worry about um, threats. You know, hey, what kind of allergies does that person have? Oh yeah, she's allergic to peanuts. We don't consider how dangerous that could be, but hey, look, the next time, you know, the CEO comes in, you have a, a, a thing of brownies, you slide some peanut oil in there and now you've, you know, potentially harmed that. And so those are the things that I think about. And I, you know, I, that's why I work for, uh, primarily most of my career has been working with healthcare institutions, even at the academic ins uh, institution, they own the hospital. So it's always about protecting that health information. Um, you know, Hey, I go to, I go to the hospital here. Am I doing the best that I could do to protect that information from getting in the hands of somebody that could potentially harm them? Right. Um, yeah. socials, I mean, I hate to break it to people, but if you ever, you know, I don't encourage anyone to go on the dark web um, or to do anything illegal. But if you ever find yourself on a tour network, you'll be surprised. Your socials are probably out there. I mean, you know, there's really nothing to do about it. But if I can help at least protect your health information, you know, help protect your kids. Um, that's that's what really motivates me to keep going every day. Everything else, you know, like, hey. Um, and the other thing that I like to tell people Security people get a lot of pushback. We do. I am not, I cry every day. Sometimes I flip the table at my desk and I'm like, I need a, I need a minute. I need a minute. <laughs> going outside. Need to, if I, I don't smoke, but if I did, I would need a smoke right now. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. But then I have to think to myself, a lot of that pushback comes from misunderstanding and a lack of, of foundation for what you're having a conversation about. Right. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people do security violations, not because they're like, Oh, you know, it's a random Wednesday and I want to make Krista's life difficult. And I'm going to install mm -hmm. ransomware on this machine because you know, I don't like her and I want her to have a tough week. Right. No, mm -hmm. it, it, I know it feels personal like that sometimes, but it's really yeah. not really. No, it's I, not. No. I have a business need. Right. And your security mechanism is blocking me from achieving that goal. At the end of the day, especially in a business where it's health care, patient need comes before anything else. And so I'm going to circumvent your security block because you're not listening to me. You're not listening to what I need to do. Yes, mm -hmm. we can lock everything down, but then you'd have no business and then there'd be no security team because you have no business, right? But yeah. understanding them like, hey, what can I do? How can I help you? Uh, security people need to be more service-based. How can I help you achieve your goal while me being able to sleep at night, right? And so I encourage a lot of people to, um, I took a lot of psychology classes um, while I was in, mm -hmm. in college. And just to understand how people work, what how people take. Um, and you'll hear a lot with the security um, professionals that the joke, the running joke we have is whenever something's broken, it's usually the person who's sitting in between the chair and the keyboard, right? It's not necessarily oh, the Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but if we learn how that person ticks, right, it's not just, you know, signature-based stuff. It's behavioral stuff, you know? Like, hey, I, I know Krista goes and leaves her desk and goes to lunch every day at noon to one, but for some reason, now she has a remote connection somewhere else. Okay, that doesn't make sense because I know Krista's behavior. I know know this person so just kind of thinking you know getting into the head of the person right mm -hmm. well you know what thank you for sharing that as well because that's also something that I I did and um I like I did the same thing um because like especially when I first started I was doing like help desk and like IT support and I actually found it really difficult to like learn how to interact and deal with people for, for, for me, that was just hard to like understand like where people are coming from. Um, and you know, like, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is something that you might deal with, but, um, for me, I always dealt with people that were like angry and upset and, <laughs> and, and like, and like there were times when like, I, like I worked for this one guy and like he would like scream my name down the hallway like at least three times per week <laughs> the problem that he created himself and of course like like I like I have a rule that like I would never be that IT person that makes a person feel stupid or like makes right, them right. horrible like that's my number one rule and I will always keep that I, I like I'll probably go later and be like oh my god this person but never like I always want them to feel, feel comfortable with me um but I, but it took some, it took a couple of like tries to understand like, okay, you should understand how to deal with this person, understand why they are the way that they are, um, understand right. you, um, as well, like 
I worked a lot with CEOs and I had to learn how to deal with them. Um, and I, and I, I eventually understood that CEOs and, and C-suite folks, they have gotten to that point because they have a certain personality type um, right. and they have a certain way about them and you have to deal with them according to that way. Right. Different than, you know, someone that's a manager or, um, you know, your, your average employee might be a little bit different. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I do hope that others listen to this and, and also see that they should try to understand people a little bit better when you're in these sort of, of, of roles where you have to be very technical and you also have to understand how people think and how to deal with them. Um, oh, absolutely. And then the one thing that they tell you in incident response is like, um, cause I, I know like even there's like an IT running joke that like, Oh, the, these help desk people always create more work for us. Right. But if we keep, you know, hammering the, the people, the little people, you know, trying to be condescending and stuff, when something happens, they're not going to reach out to us and say, Hey, I saw this, this looks yeah. weird. Right. And then now you're going to be upset that they weren't responsive, but you've created this fear culture, right? Like, Hey, I don't want to seem stupid. And maybe this yeah. isn't really what it is. Like I tell people, no matter who you are, if you see, see something, say something like I will take a look at it, you know, yeah. trying to create that culture. And then also trying to, um, you know, show people how to interact with people that even people that I work with today, like they, they may not have gone above and beyond, but they'll say, Hey, like, you know what? Crystal looked out for me. I'm going to do this. And so now you're kind of creating this pay it forward kind of thing. So I always encourage people, Hey, you know, just listen to what's happening and truly listen. Like, um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that my mom's a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. because a lot of the times that, you know, a patient will come, right. You, it, security people have to see people like their patients, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, um, my right arm is hurting and it hurts when I do this. Right. And then you're just like, you know, you want to laugh it off. Like, Oh, it's just an arm hurt, you know, hurting thing. But doctors will also uh, tell you, you have to learn to read in between the lines of what people are telling you. Yeah. She's telling you her arm is doing this, but possibly that left arm is now an indicator for a stroke. And so maybe we should be looking further into that as opposed to just dismissing it as, Oh, she just twisted her arm or whatever. No, there could be something greater behind that. So that's just some of the mentality we should be, you know, taking in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and thank you for sharing that as well. And I'm really liking talking to you. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm really enjoying this. Um, what was your most successful moment in your career? Um, my most successful uh, moment in my career was, uh, I was able to, you know, with the help of a local organization, South Florida ISSA, it's the information security uh, systems professional organization. Um, we put on a conference, uh, sponsor, sponsor, completely sponsored. It was free of charge to the community. It was at the local university and we put a full day conference food included, um, and just to create a platform about security, um, security is, you know, I know we have this private culture where we're like, okay, we don't want to share a lot of stuff, but Hey, we're all an inst- uh, academic institution or a health institution. Right. And if I see a threat first, more than likely you're going to be next in line. So why aren't we having more conversations about what we're seeing so that we can give each other a heads up? Um, so I consider that my most successful moment, just cause like we, we did that. We had 500 people come from all over and, um, and, and just talk about security, talk about security, not only just in the global scale, but in the local Miami area, what, what are we facing? Um, and so that, I consider that to be one of my most successful things I've done. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's, I'm, that's, that's pretty nice. Thanks for um, sharing that. And do you have any advice for black women in tech? Um, Yeah. Um, I would say, so I actually recently read an article and um, I've been, cause I'm still learning the ropes myself, um, but I can only share what I've gone through in my experiences. Uh, But I recently read an article about how uh, there is a large emergence of, of young black women who are actually uh, passing away. Um, And it's because we're, we're getting this mentality of we can do everything and then just piling onto their plate. And I'm that person. I'm always approving myself 150%, even if I'm just proving myself to myself. Um, and I think we, we, you know, if I can tell anyone like, yeah, definitely work hard, keep pushing, but remember to take care of yourself at the end of the day. Um, and I would hate to see, you know, all these powerful young black women coming in and it's just like, Hey, you know, um, she passed away because she just wasn't eating or she wasn't taking time to do this. Cause I know I, and I know people don't like this. People don't necessarily agree, but unless you're a young black woman, you don't necessarily know that feeling. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I know that when I go to the workforce, it's expected for me to already be a hundred percent better than the count mm-hmm. other my male counterpart of a different color, right? Um, and so I take that to heart, you know, Hey, this person may have only one project, but I have 10 projects. Why is that? And so instead of sort of pushing back and saying, Hey, let's relook at it. And I'm not about pointing figures. I'm not like, Hey, why did you give that person that? But let's look at the workforce distribution amongst the group. Right. And also talking to managers saying, Hey, maybe we should do some more role-based training or some, some, some cross training. Right. And, and finding other ways to do that. Um, cause I think, um, they're not going to be receptive with the, Oh, you're overworking me thing. They're not. So you just black women just have to be more creative. Unfortunately. I mean, we're already really creative as it is. Um, but I just think that just taking that 10 step forward and just making sure like, you know, Hey, I'm okay. The organization's okay, but I'm more, I'm more okay. Um, cause you'll learn the hard way, especially if you're coming out of colleges, these companies really don't care about you. Like they care about you, but if you quit, I promise you there will be another job posting up the next day to replace you. Um, mm-hmm. so just take that with a, with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, no, I really thank you for saying that one because everything you just said is, is, is so true. And and I was reading another article a couple months back about, um, and I wish I would have read this early in my career, that uh, there was a study done, and you, you might have seen this. Um, it was, uh, it, it followed, um, not just not in tech, just in general, um, women that were uh, rated like highly um, uh, successful. And it was black women, and it was, I think, Latinx and white women. And, um, and what it did was that the study followed them over the years and all of their uh, accomplishments and things that they have done. And black women had did the most, but they also had the worst health. Um, right. them didn't take care of the, their health. And, and uh, it seems from the study that they felt the need to worry more about their careers and they did their health. And they ended up... Uh, dying in their fifties and forties versus the Latinx woman and the white woman. Right. So thank you for, for, for sharing that. And I mean, e- even to you, I'm sure it's, it's personal because of the industry that you work in and, and also having your, your own medical problem. Um, right. so I can, you know, see it, that this is, you know, something that is, is dear to you and thank you for um, sharing it. And I, like, I really hope that people listen because I mean, even me, that's what, that's, how I sort of landed where I am now, because just as you mentioned earlier, um, I had so many projects, I was doing so many things, overworked myself, but not because I wanted to, but because it was um, at my job, it was expected for me to do a lot. And I just kept doing it and doing it, I was getting sick. And just, then I saw my mental health going down and I said, okay, this is enough. And and like, I'm going to leave and uh, do my own thing. And um, and, but you know, it wasn't just one place. It was collective job. Right. Collective it's, it's, job. it's not organizational based. Like, like I was saying, yes, I, I see yes. like this society kind of thing, like, you know, cause mm-hmm. even like, even if it was outside of tech, like I'm sure like if you go somewhere else, like I, I've seen case studies where a black woman may make one mistake and then she's terminated for something, but then as yeah. opposed to somebody else would maybe get a suspension. It's just the way that it, it is. Um, mm-hmm. we just have to come up with other ways to combat that as opposed to saying, you know, um, like, Hey, you know, there's a problem. We need to focus on the problem. Okay. Yeah. Look, we, we know there's a problem. Let's just focus more on the solution for that. Some, some creative ways to combat that. So. Yeah. And, um, so you've already mentioned a couple of projects that or, or things that they're working on. Is there anything else that you want to share anything that you're any plugs that you want to, <laughs> that you want to put in? <laughs> um, I, I would say like, um, a, Primarily just, you know, I, I really am interested in connecting with other um, security professionals, uh, especially young women. Um, I, so my, my first plug will also be, you know, follow me, chrisatheodore.com. Uh, I'm also Infosec Oprah on Twitter. Don't ask. I can see that. <laughs> um, I also am on LinkedIn. I, I'm just really big on connecting with people and whether it's a personal question or a technical question or um, just a matter of resources, I'm very big on connecting with people. Um, the other thing that I'm doing right now, um, I'm trying, to, I was just talking about this with um, 
one of the security people with software SSA about, uh, so the information security, uh, systems association has subgroups that they have and our local chapter, um, I'm looking at maybe revamping our women in security group. Um, so definitely want to get, um, you know, even though it's a women in security group, I want to get men involved. Um, and the reason why I say that is all the opportunities, I want to say 90% of the opportunities I've had, a door has been opened by a man and, Mm -hmm. uh, someone just shared to me like that men hold the keys to that arena so why not have them help you to open that and I don't have an issue with that yeah. uh, so I necessarily I don't want to necessarily create this women in security group to just be another group that says yeah we're women in security let's talk about how tough it is being a woman and mm-hmm. and not that that's bad I, I I'm one of those people that will have that first conversation but again I don't want to keep talking about a problem without coming with solutions. So I want to create this more as a um, group where women can meet together and actually, Hey, we're spinning up a raspberry pie. Let's figure out things we could do that together and have men involved so that they can teach those courses, teach, um, impart some knowledge. Um, so if anybody wants to get involved in that, um, please let me know. Um, I'd be willing to get you introduced to the curriculum. And so that's my next project that I'm thinking about working on. Okay, cool. Great. And, um, I'm going to make sure to share all of this stuff in the show notes. Um, and hopefully we can do a little collaboration on this as well. Um, because this is something that. <laughs> that, yeah, I, 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 I would like to work together on. Um, yeah, it, it's been really great talking to you. I actually hope that we can uh, talk again and, and you can be on the podcast again. Because, I mean, yeah, like your, your background, uh, the way you got into tech, uh, the, the things that you're doing now are... Are, are pretty amazing so um i really just thank you for coming on thank you for listening to our podcast subscribe and share it with the world stories of black women in tech just isn't for black women in tech it's for the world to hear and see how strong human beings we are Do you know of any Black women in tech who want to tell their stories? Tell them to write in to Naya at Frauvies. That is N-A-Y-A at F-R-A-U-V-I-S dot com. Don't forget to subscribe and share.